All right. I'm in. All right. Well, how y'all doing this morning? <laughs> I'm going to take that as positive. <laughs> I elect to. I um I think everybody's kind of struggling with a little bit of a tickle in their throat, so bear with me a few times I may have to get a little hit on this water. Um open up your Bibles if you would to the book of Micah. We're going to read a couple of verses out of Micah chapter 7 in just a moment. Um, I know I was introduced, if those are here that don't know me, uh, I'm Leroy Strain from Airway Heights Baptist Church. Um, I've had a relationship with East Valley Baptist Church as long as I can remember starting ministry over at Airway Heights. So um, uh, I'm fortunate enough that uh, I always tell I always tell people being the associate pastor is the best job on the planet. A um, couple of reasons: one, I do have some duties on Sunday morning at my church, but when an opportunity arises to go somewhere else, I have an opportunity to come and share at another church, and I just coordinate with my pastor. And then the other reason I also believe uh, associate pastor is the best job on the planet is because I always tell my pastor, when I really mess stuff up, he has to fix it. <laughs> and so if I really mess things up this morning, y'all just tell Bill, he, Pastor Bill, you got you to gotta fix this, okay, when he gets back. So um, I wanted to speak to you this morning a little bit about uh, what being a church member looks like and um it, it's it's something that's been on my mind as I've talked to several people here very recently about uh being a church member now being a church member isn't just about being a member of East Valley Baptist Church being a church member is not just about being a part of Airway Heights Baptist Church being a church member is about being a part of God's church and what that definition is and what God intends for us to do with, with, uh, with the gift that is his church and allowing us to belong to this entity called the church because it's his definition that we need to be concerned about. So I'm not going to try to wrap up the entire Bible this morning into what we need to look what we need to look like as church members I just want to give us a glimpse because it, it would take too long really to try to encompass that but I think we have in just a couple of verses here in Micah I think we have some kind of an idea of at least a good starting point so if you would join me in standing in Micah chapter 7 and I stand in the honor of reading God's word if you're not able to stand uh, don't feel like you have to stand but I, ask, I invite you to stand just in honor of reading God's word. In Micah chapter 7, we're going to read two verses of scripture, verses 7 and 8. I'm reading from the NIV this morning. Normally I read out of the New King James, but I, I liked the way it was said in the NIV. Um, and so that's what I'm reading this morning. Out of the NIV, Micah chapter 7, verse 7 and 8 says, But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God my Savior. My God will hear me. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, once again, we bow our heads before you. We say thank you for being our God. 
We ask that you would speak to us in our minds and our hearts this morning. Lord God, just dismiss all the distractions and you speak to us now here. Thank you, Lord God, for what you're going to say, what you're going to do. Your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. I've talked many times over the years um, about churches and about us in our churches, about people that fill the seats and pews within our churches. Um, some of it I got right and some of it I probably got wrong. And, and I, I think that's okay because I'm still, I'm still growing. God's still working on me. But I think just in reading these verses of Scripture, and I was able to share this with some people here just recently, that I, I think these couple of verses give us a really good look at what we should expect of ourselves as church members. I, I, think, I think Micah Micah probably would have made a really good member of East Valley Baptist Church. I mean, if he was here, we probably would, would, would be working on him to come and join East Valley Baptist Church and put him to work. Micah, Micah was one of those guys, when you read in Scripture, you refer to him as God's man. You know, he was the prophet of God. God had, had chosen him, and God had given him a word to speak to the people, and Micah had received that word of God, and he had spoken it to the people. If you go back further in the book of Micah, you read through that, and you'll see that the prophet Micah acknowledged that there were going to be tough times that were coming. They were headed for some dark days. But as you get into, into this area, Micah, where we read, he says he would continue to watch and wait in hope for the Lord. Tough times are coming, but I'm going to continue to watch and wait and hope for the Lord. Now, if I was really smart, I would stop right there, give the invitation, tell you I'm done. But sometimes I'm too smart for my own good. But this is what I really want for our church members. Those who wait in hope on the Lord, even in the tough times. And we're going to have some differences of opinion. Within the, within the confines of the walls of East Valley Baptist Church, within the confines of Airway Heights Baptist Church, or whatever church you, local church you go to, you're going to find some differences of opinion on what people believe a church member is supposed to look like. Even within your church, if you talk to the people around you, you'll find some differences in what people believe church members are supposed to look like. You know what one of the most common words I hear is when people talk about church members people talk about people in their churches don't get distracted i'm getting another set of glasses i realize sometimes i do okay with my sunglasses on and sometimes i don't and sometimes i have to switch one of the most common things i hear about people when they talk about people within our churches there y'all are wow um <laughs> see i got distracted <laughs> One of the most common words I hear about people when they're, when they're talking about people within our churches, when they talk about church members, one of the most common words, hypocrite. Hypocrite. People, people look into our churches and they hear 
what we're, what, we're, what we're preaching, what we're saying, and they look at us and they go, hypocrite. And, and, and it's nice for me to be able to point to other people pointing in, but to tell you the truth, we do it to ourselves as well. Because some of us will look around the sanctuary on Sunday morning and be like, hypocrite. Hypocrite. You hear that a lot. I have heard that a lot over the years. And the truth is, by definition, I think, it's, I think that's legit. I think it's for real. Every sin, every single sin we see in the world around us, we find in our Bible-preaching churches. The divorce rate is just as high in our Bible-preaching churches as it is out in the world outside the walls. The vast majority of church members never introduce anyone to Christ. So many of our churches today are full of people who want a part-time, convenient, weekend Christian experience, but they show no serious desire for growth during the week. Our pastors are in churches where they have to twist people's arms to give, twist people's arms to serve, twist people's arms to get involved in the work and ministry just within the church and within the community where the church exists. Why are church splits so common? People get upset and leave because of all the hypocrites, I guess. Why are so many professing Christians barren and empty and hurting and confused? So many Christians in spiritual bondage. And the world looks at that, looks at this, this, this church building full of its hypocrites, and the world is just utterly disinterested in what we have to offer. I've heard people that have flat out refused to go to church and simply said, I won't go to church. I won't darken the door of the church because it's full of hypocrites. But I think too many people, even in our churches, too many people think Christians and church members are supposed to be out heroically defending the faith. And if we aren't heroically defending the faith, so many people think that we're frauds. So many people think that our churches should be full of people uh, that go into the world and act like, behave like saints at all times. So many people believe that we should be out in the world working miracle after miracle after miracle, and if we aren't, then we're not who we say we are. But folks, is that, if that's the definition of a church member... I'm in trouble. I don't know about you. <laughs> but I'm in trouble if that's the definition we're using. I can't match up to a list like that. I can't live up to what's expected of me in that regard. But the, but the problem is that those are not biblical descriptions. That's not a biblical definition of what a church member is. And I told you, I don't know what it takes to get into all churches, but I believe this, 
that Christians are merely sinners who have been saved by the grace of God. Christians, church members, are sinners who have been saved by the grace of God. I always, when I call people sinners, so I just called y'all sinners, I call me sinner. I always feel like I should wait a moment and see if anybody wants to leave. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and, that, and this not from yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Christians didn't do anything to deserve the right to be a member of God's church. It's by the grace of God. That's what Micah knew. That's what Micah understood, that his position, his lot in life, was given to him by God. And so Micah says, but as for me, I watch in hope of the Lord. I wait for God my Savior. Like, like Micah, our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in waiting for God. Without God, we have no hope. Without God, we have nothing to offer each other. We have nothing to offer the people outside the walls of this church. East Valley Baptist Church has nothing to offer anyone except through the grace and goodness of God himself. Micah goes on to say, (laughs) I think we missed this. My God will hear me. My God will hear me. Folks, how's that for a bunch of sinners that got together and decided to be a church? We can call on God and know that he is going to hear us. I don't deserve that. I didn't work to get to that point. God was just giving that away. If you will call on him, he's going to hear you. So Micah goes on and says, so so don't gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Folks, church members are just sinners who fell down and got back up. Romans 7, Paul says, I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do, no. The evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. I'm going to fall. I'm going to fail. I'm going to do the things I know I shouldn't do. I'm going to do the things I don't even want to do. But the the Bible says I got to strive for perfection. In, In Matthew 5, 48, Jesus speaks. He says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus wants us to strive for perfection. But even Paul admits, you know what, we're going to make some mistakes. We're going to stumble. 
We're going to make mistakes. We're going to have the wrong attitude from time to time. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. We're going to say the wrong thing from time to time. We're, we're going to just outright sin from time to time. But if the goal is to be perfect, then I, I guess we ought to just give up. Maybe we ought to just throw in the towel. Maybe we just ought not try anymore. <clears throat> or, y'all were waiting for that, weren't you? <laughs> or, as believers, as church members, maybe we have to learn to get back up and keep going. Maybe we have to learn that when we fall, we can't just lay on the ground and give up. It reminded me of my, my coach in high school. You get knocked down playing football, and he'd always yell at us, Get up, son! You're killing my grass! I think more Christians need to hear that voice in their heads when we fall into sin. We just need to get back up again. We can't just have a little pity party. Maybe that one's just me. Maybe... Maybe it's just me who has that little pity party when I mess up. Whoa, man, I did it again. <laughs> you ever have that voice in your head where you call yourself by name? Leroy? You done messed up again. You beat yourself up and have that little bit of a pity party because you're not perfect. There I go again, man. Messed up. Had it right there before me. Knew what I should have done. I didn't do it. Let me just go over here and sulk about that for a little bit. Micah says, when you fall, rise again. And when you fall after that, rise again. And when you fall again, rise again. That's the kind of church member that we need. One who will fall because we're sinners, but who's going to get back up again. You ought to put that in your bylaws. That that's what you want as members of your church. We ought to tell people not lay down, not have the pity party, but get back to it. Because... East Valley Baptist Church shouldn't care how many times you fall. Just keep getting back up. You know, that, that sounds like, like King David. King David, the scripture describes him as a man after God's own heart. But you read about King David, you find out that dude was an adulterer. And, and after his affair, he arranged to have the lady's husband killed, which made him a murderer. Scripture says he's a man after God's own heart. <clears throat> Getting back up again after you fall, that sounds like Peter. Peter was part of the, the inner sanctum of Jesus Christ, that inner circle. Lived with him, dined with him, learned from him, from the master, from Jesus. Saw him work miracle after miracle. That was Peter. But when, when Christ was being, being carried away to go to the cross to die for your sins and my sins and Peter's sins, Peter denied Christ three times. But at some point, both King David 
and Peter admitted that they fell. And they refused to stay on the ground. They had to rise up. They had to dust themselves off. They had to get back into the fight. Well, I'm writing your bylaws for you right now. How about you put that about church membership at East Valley Baptist Church? You fall down. You get up. You dust yourself off. You get back to the fight that God the Father called you to. Maybe that's how we all ought to live this life here upon this earth to refuse to stay on the ground. That's what our churches need. That's what we need here today. Our church isn't looking for perfect people. We ought not be looking for perfect people. Folks, if you're looking for perfect people within the church, you got to go somewhere else to look for perfect people. You're not going to find them here. You're not supposed to find them here. We need to be honest people who aren't afraid to say, you know what, I've sinned. I have fallen. I have made a mistake. But now I'm rising up and I'm marching on. I'm marching, I'm marching back to the altar where I can fall upon my knees and ask God for forgiveness. I'm marching back to my father's house. I'm marching back to daddy's house and I'm asking him for forgiveness if he will accept me back and use me for his kingdom. We need churches full of sinners who fall down and get back up. People, people tend to think if we fall that we fail for good. That's it. It's over. I got nothing else. We, we, we tend to think that falling and failing, we think it's uncommon. No one's ever failed like this before. I fall for that from Satan every time. When I mess up and he comes and goes, hey, Leroy, there you go again. Messed up this time, didn't you, Leroy? Woo! That one's bad. There's probably no way God could forgive you for that. It's just not going to happen. God, God's not big enough to forgive you. He's not going to forget Leroy. He's going to remember this one. You done messed up for the last time. And I fall for it every single time. Meanwhile, God's going, get up, son. Get back in the fight. God's saying, Leroy, I'm ready to forgive. Stand up again. Rise up, boy. That's God. He's your biggest cheerleader. Take out Leroy. Insert your name. There's a God in heaven cheering for you, calling upon you, even when you fall in the muck and the mire, even when you're listening to the lies of Satan over and over again. God's in your corner. Rise up, son. Rise up, daughter. Rise up, men and women of faith within our churches and show this world what being a Christian is all about. Sinners saved by grace. Oh, and it gets even better than that, too. Because not only is God calling for us to get up when we fall, God's calling for other Christians to come alongside us when we fall and help us up. God put you here. Part of the reason 
is for you to be supported by those around you and for you to be the support for those around you. Why? Because we all fall. Usually, we don't all fall at the same time. And so when I'm up, maybe I got a brother or sister who's down, and I have opportunity to come alongside and go, man, we rise up. Rise up. We can't stay in the muck and the mire. When I'm the one on the ground, I might take a couple of y'all when I'm in the ground in the muck and the mire. I need some brothers and sisters to come and help me. Get up. Get up. Don't give up. Micah thinks that the enemy rejoices at our failures. The enemy wants your failure to be fierce and paralyzing. The enemy wants your failure to rob you of your confidence and faith so that you become fearful of ever trying again. You ever doubted yourself in ministry and work for the Lord? I mean, seriously doubt yourself where you're like, man, I don't know if I can try that again. It was such a failure. I messed up so bad. I, I don't even dare go at it again. When Adam failed God, he was afraid to face him, so he went out and hid Adam and Eve. When Judas fell, he gave up. He went out and killed himself. But the word of God through Micah is that failure is not final upon this earth. So Micah says, don't gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. God made a way for our sins and our failures and our mistakes, not only to be forgiven, but to be completely washed away. As if they never existed. We have forgiveness through the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ through what he did upon that cross. He took away the sin of the world. So yeah, we... <laughs> We're going to get knocked out flat from time to time. We're going to take one on the chin and the glass jaw is just going to show. And people are going to say, he's down and out for the count. He's not coming back. The enemy wants us to be discouraged. And he wants to laugh at us while we're laying there. Ha, 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 I got you that time. But when we rise up, the enemy gets discouraged. I read this statement from a pastor. He said, when it's hard to pray, it's time to pray hard. Folks, when I get knocked out, it's hard to pray. But then is the time to pray hard. Folks, we ought to put that on a t-shirt. When it's hard to pray, it's time to pray hard. We ought to put that on posters, on bumper stickers. 
and, and spread that around. When it's hard to pray, it's time to pray hard. When you get knocked flat on your back by Satan in failure, and it's hard to even look up to God the Father because you're embarrassed that you're laying there on the ground, and it's hard to pray, we ought to pray hard. We're on the ground already. Just, just roll over and get on your knees. You're already in position. And start praying to God the Father because you got knocked out. But don't gloat over me, my enemy. Because though I fall, I'm going to rise up again. Not in Leroy's strength. Leroy's strength gets him laid out again. But God's strength lets us rise up again. Church members can pray and know that God is on his way to light the darkness. Romans 16.20 out of the NIV says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of your Lord Jesus be with you. Did, you. did you hear that? The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet feet folks take heart regardless of what's going on down here take heart because God's coming for your enemy the one that keeps laying you out from time to time God's coming for him God means to do him harm God's going to end this at some point take heart because God will bring the light in our darkness here upon this earth. My failures, my sins, I add to the darkness here upon this earth through the things that I do wrong all the time. But God's coming with the light. And Satan scoffs at us and says, you know what, they're done for. East Valley Baptist Church, they won't rise again. I crushed them under my thumb this time. They're done time to time there's an awful lot of darkness for us to have to get through but we can lay hold of Micah's word and we can say don't gloat over me my enemy don't gloat over me my enemy though I've fallen I will rise and though I sit in darkness the Lord will light my way you want to be a church member folks let's be church members you want to belong to the church of God, folks, let's belong to the church of God. And I tell you what, I take away, I will take away your right to feel sorry for yourselves when you fall into sin. If that's what it takes, it's gone. You don't have that right anymore. When you make mistakes, you admit it. And you rise up and you get back to it. I think that's what God's called us to here upon this earth. Folks, to tell you the truth, I think that's why we're here this morning. I think that's why we're here now. Because God's calling to us and going, you know what? It's time to rise up. It's time to be more than you thought possible. More than you may have even wanted to be at East Valley Baptist Church. Because God's going, I got more for you in store than what you expected at East Valley Baptist Church. You are strong beyond belief as members of this church, as members of this family. You are strong beyond belief, stronger than you think you are, stronger than I think you are, stronger than Satan hopes you know you are.
He wants you to bond together like none other in all of history, like never before. Would you do that this morning? We're going to have a time of invitation where you are invited this morning. In- in- invited, that's the invitation. You are invited to Christ. Some for the first time, because I don't know, there might be some here this morning that do not know him as Lord and Savior of your life. There I go using churchy words again. Lord and Savior of your life. Some people go, what does that mean? If you don't know what that means and you want to know what that means, you come forward this morning. I'll do my best to explain it to you. I will. And and there's others here that would talk to you as well, because I always understand not everybody wants to talk to me. That's okay. Not everybody likes me. A lot of people in my own house don't like me. That's okay. But somebody here would love to talk to you. Somebody here would love to show you what the Bible says about knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. About allowing him to forgive you of your sins. That's what it's about. There's also a lot of Christians here who have made that determination before, and they know that, that their future is secure in heaven. We know our future is secure in heaven, but we're still here upon this earth. You're still here upon this earth, and God's still calling to you in your sinful state. In the midst of your failures, he's still calling to us, saying, rise up. Rise up. Rise up for what? Rise up and you never, maybe you never joined the church. Rise up and come and join the church and be a member of this church. Rise up and come and say, this is, this is my church home. This is where I'm going to worship. Rise up and do that. Rise up and say yes to God. People always get nervous when I tell them to say yes to God. What am I saying yes about, Leroy? Man, I don't know. I have no clue. Most of the time, I don't know what it is. I have enough trouble discerning what it is God's asking me to do, and I mess that up enough. So I'm not going to try to tell you what you're supposed to do. Except that you ought to listen to God. You say yes to him, then God's going to reveal to you what it is he wants you to do. Oh, Leroy, that's scary. Yeah, sorry. That's all I got. You're going to do it or you're not going to do it. I invite you to do it this morning. It's a time of invitation, man. I'll talk all day about Jesus, but it's a time for invitation. If you want to come, you come. You want to come and pray up at the front, you come and pray up at the front. You want to sit on the front. If you, don't, if you can't kneel, don't want to kneel, you want to come sit on this front. We'll open this up as the altar this morning. You come, you pray. I don't even know what we're singing. What are we singing? I surrender all. How about that? <laughs> Almost like we planned it. I'll tell you what, though. So many times people get to the invitation and we start thinking it's about how well we sing. And folks, we don't sing that good. That's okay. That's not what the invitation is about. So don't get all caught up in singing the words. I'd I'd rather you hear the words in your heart. And if you do surrender all, then you sing them as your anthem to God. I surrender all. I say yes to them. Let's stand and sing. It's time. I surrender all. Do you surrender all? Today is the day. Make your decision.